listening to Love the Links Golf Radio with your hosts, Brenton Elliott and Bob Baldessari. This is season two, episode fifteen, I think. Bob, we've really been rapping. We've been shooting them off when they there's nothing else to do, right? <laughs> Moving right along, the pace of play is picking up. That's right. We got to discuss when season three is going to start. <laughs> uh, well, at the end of season two, we need a cliffhanger. Right. So you need to like sort of like faint, and then everybody goes, "Oh my God, what happened to Brendan?" Yes. That, and then I, we leave. That, you know, that might actually happen. You know. Vince knows I'm prone to sickness and uh, anyways, <laughs> we, we have a, we have a great guest and one that's actually a business partner and friend. Um, one of the things I think that separates Vince Bobby is, you know, there's a lot of people out there in, in the golf world and PGA professionals and non PGA professionals that are really passionate about junior golf. But until I met this guy, there's there's not a guy like Vince that just lives and breathes and uh he's got four kids at home they're all golfers and uh he he does things right and him and I have had long discussions many 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 long discussions about how you should go about doing things when it comes to introducing kids to golf and and once they're introduced keeping them going in the game um uh, we have similar feelings on some great programs that are out there about how they could be even better. Uh, PGA Junior League, Drive, Chip, and Putt, some of the other great initiatives. Uh, but I want to introduce Mr. Vincent Burbank. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thanks for having me today. Pleasure, yep. to, pleasure to uh, be on this awesome show. Have you watched an episode? <laughs> I have. I have. You twisted my arm one day, so I yeah. had to. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great, though. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as I'm just coming in from working, um, I don't always have a lot of time. So uh, very entertaining than what I watched. And I, I hate that I can't watch enough. Well, you watch, you'll watch this episode, I'm sure. Yeah, somebody will. <laughs> <laughs> the wife's going to have to give me the cliff notes. <laughs> yeah. So Vince. No, I definitely will. I got to look at myself, don't I? You do. This is good yeah, marketing. Yeah. Good PR. <laughs> so let's, let's start from the beginning. Not like the birth of Vincent Burbank, but you know, close to that. When, where did you grow up? When did golf become part of your life? Uh, I know uh, other sports had an influence well before golf, but why, why don't we get a little bit of your background? Yeah, it's funny you said not, not really the birth of, uh, of Vince, but you know, I think uh, one of the main things I try to try to do and instill in what we do with the academy is a little bit of uh, understanding who we are. And so ICE stands for identity, character, and excellence. And that first word, identity, is key. Man, we gotta know who we are. And that, the funny thing is that person changes every day. So when you talk about the birth of Vince in golf, right? That, that's, or, or the start of Vince in golf, it's the birth, right? So uh, I, I think it's kind of odd that you use that because uh, I do feel like you know, me starting was the birth um, of, of everything that I do. So, uh, you know, try to, you know, take a little bit off of that time. Uh, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Um, grew up uh, in the heart of Detroit, essentially, or at least close to. Um, went to private schools quite a bit, but uh, didn't, play, didn't play golf until much later, until probably the last year of high school or just before last year of high school. Um, played hockey, um, played basketball, was always a, a pretty good athlete. Um, and so a lot of what I take is from those, is from those experiences and, uh, and ob obtaining a PGA, uh, excuse me, a golf scholarship in college and then my PGA membership, I wanted to be able to do something with that that helped people uh, who were like me growing up achieve something that maybe is not out there. Growing up, I didn't realize that even what I do now, it was a possibility. So the fact that I do it, can I influence people that might not think they can do it into something that is, you know, something that uh, can be very, uh, 
influential for them, right, and uh, for their life. So uh, I don't know if I answered everything, but you know that that's kind of the start of of where I am. Hey Vince, so uh, growing up in Detroit playing hockey, you're obviously a Boston Bruins fan. So I'm glad I could have some Boston stuff here for you. <laughs> we try to make all our guests feel so comfortable. I thought you know, I heard I you drop a there. wicked or two. <laughs> I saw that back there. <laughs> um, yeah. So with with your Ice Golf Academy. The mission, I mean, you know, you do such an amazing job. We're talking to you at 7.30 at night. You literally walked in from teaching just all day. Yeah. Um, but what's your the, the mission that you try to do? What's your, your goals or your why, your purpose, cause, and belief? I feel like that morphs uh, from time to time. But the mainstay is I think I've already spoken to it a little bit. It's uh, influencing people. Um, to, to achieve something that they never once thought possible. Um, if I can delve into that just a touch and, and maybe maybe refine it a little bit more, um, I have a few students who, when they come to me, they are not the picture of someone who should be playing golf, let alone any sports. And I want them to understand that I can show them how to be good, right? They just, it might take a little bit more work than someone you see um, that has like that talent, if you will, but it doesn't preclude them from it, right? They can achieve it. And the funny thing is, um, I was just before I walked in, I was talking to one of my students and he's one of those students. When he started with me, it was just like, ah, I need something to do. Like dad's just throwing me in. And after about two months, the dad came to me and said, what the heck did you do to my son? <laughs> I felt, I was like scared. Like, what did I do to him? <laughs> And, um, and he said, I have never seen him like this. I've never seen him progress at something. I've never seen him so happy to do something. And now this same kid who, when I asked about winning like a competition, some small competition within our uh, practices, like, don't you want to win this putt challenge? The day he told me that, he was like, no, I don't really care. Now this kid, he wants to go win a tournament. He's asking, I want to go play tournaments. I want to win. So if you had to, I mean, that's a hard, you know, just one word answer question. But if you had to, if I had to give an answer, it's that situation. I want to affect people's lives that way. Beautiful. You know, you, you had mentioned where you grew up and golf was kind of a foreign thing to you. Uh, we had a really good conversation way back. I believe it was in January with Maurice Allen and talking about the, the topic of diversity, which is a big topic in the game. And there's definitely end roads that have been made, but at the same time, there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done. So for someone like you that really understands that more than anybody, what do we need to do as an industry to, to break down barriers, to, to make golf more, well, less of a foreign thing for kids of certain demographics? Right. So I'm going to try not to get too political with this. Yeah this response but uh it's funny that you and, and you know you didn't brief me really on any of the questions so no. uh, it's kind of ironic that uh i was thinking about something today and in our current state with the COVID 19 uh my state uh, uh my hometown state of michigan if you look at what just happened there in the last few days there's you know a quote unquote or if you will storming the capital with weapons um you know what does that look like and uh, could you imagine in that same vein, you see a picture of some guy in front of a Michigan State police screaming in his face, and how is that not threatening? But someone who was pulled over in a police stop who was recorded and every action was recorded and it wasn't threatening gets shot. I think in that vein, you start to look at what the real problems are. And, and that is realizing there is a problem, realizing that there is a shortage, realizing that there's something going on it doesn't mean that you have to take fault for it, but accept that something is wrong. And so in the game of golf, that there are things that prevent people, whether they may be uh, abstract, if you will, or, or behind the scenes, understand and accept that there are things that hold people back. And let's do our best to just even the playing field. Um, I don't you know, one thing I've heard about is the difference between equality and equity. And I think most people want equality, but that's not actually what we're searching for. We're searching for equity, right? And no different than an 11-year-old girl and an 11-year-old boy shouldn't be playing from the same tee 
right? We want equity. We want it to be fair. They both should be hitting a driver on a seven iron in relative to, you know, if they hit it well. Yeah. So with yeah, diversity, yeah. diversity and inclusion, that's what I, I would like to say. And, and, and to give it like some sort of face, we got to understand that there are places that still don't accept us, right? And, and to play as minorities, there are still people who look crazy at, um, and, and, and I'm talking minorities, but this is across the board in different, different uh, phases, not just minorities. But we have to look at making golf accessible and acceptable for everyone to play and then work from there. Yeah, Vince, I think you hit on a couple of really key things there. But I want to, before I forget, the, I love how you want to influence. You know, it's one thing to be a role model and sort of be on stage and say, look what I'm doing. But I, I love that you want to even have a stronger effect of uh, somebody's uh, a kid's life. Uh, you know, kids can tell it when you're faking it. We're, you know, if you're around kids, you have good kids. I've got kids. I've, all three of us have been around youth golf for a long time. You know, they can, they can see when they're faking it, but when it's genuine, I think that's when the inspiration really gets through and they say, I can do what Vince is doing. Like that's attainable. He's right in front of me. When you watch it on TV, it's a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I do think that a lot of issues in golf, we know, but accessibility for the kids is tough. And especially if you're talking inner city kids or kids that don't have the means of it. And, um, you know, what was like for your experience of, or what are you trying to do for getting the kids on the course? Cause it's one thing to get them to hit some golf balls and uh, have some fun doing a few things, but to get on the golf course is really the key. Right. Sorry. Is that a question? Are you asking me, what am I doing for that? Yeah. 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 yeah sorry. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I, over, if I missed something. Um, Gosh, I hate that I'm so long-winded. <laughs> no, go, no go, go, go. it's good. It's good radio. Good video. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've always said it, it's a quick side note. So I've always said, like, you can't ask me a simple question that I never give you a simple answer <laughs> because there's too many components to it. So, you know, kids will ask me, Coach, what club should I hit from 30 yards? Yeah, well, I can't answer that. <laughs> what, are the, what are the things that we're talking about here? So anyway, um, how do I get the kids on the course? I the first, I think, no, for sure. The first thing that I thought when I started the academy and thought, thought about what was the procedures going to be, uh, what were the procedures going to be for the academy, it had a lot to do with making sure I wasn't just some run-of-the-mill teacher that just watched the kids hit golf balls, right? I said, listen, these kids need to learn how to play. So earlier I said that a lot of my uh, sports background influenced the way I train. Well, I remember being young, growing up, playing hockey. We didn't just go and shoot shots at a net, right? We had drills we had to do. We had skating drills. We had endurance drills. And then at the end of every single practice, we had some sort of scrimmage to kind of put all that thing, all those things into, into practice, in addition to keeping the game situation alive, right? So what I do within um, our, our training aspects and – Keep in mind, a lot of what we're about to do is changing. But up until this point, um, what we've done is made sure that there was some form of training where, you look, you have to do this. And this is the boring technique of it. And then we put it into some sort of game, you know, at the end. Now, that's not different, right? A lot of people are doing games. But what we also do within our programming is we encourage and almost demand on-course time. So within every single program that we have, there is at least one day in that month that they go on the golf course to show us what they've learned. And in the, um, I will say that when we first started with our Tiny Tots program, it's uh, ages three to five years old, I didn't take them on the course. And it's because it was all new. I didn't know what to do, right? I was like, gosh, these kids are young. I don't know if they can handle it. And I should have smacked myself when I said that, right? Because the, one of the things I stand by is Kids will do whatever you ask of them, right? If you put that bar there, they'll just go there. Now, they might fight you a little bit, but eventually they will go there. And with that being said, I recently introduced the, the course to the Tiny Tots, and it's been an overwhelming positive experience for a time that I thought or a group that I thought would not be able to accept it. It's been great. One of my parents said, this helped my daughter because she didn't understand what she was learning. Now going on the golf course, she understands everything you're talking about. Yeah, yep. And 
And so that's the deal. And that was always my thought. I just didn't communicate that specifically for the tiny tots. But again, that is what we do. And then everything is about trying to find a way to get them to do more. So we have our levels where, you know, again, nothing new. People are doing this all over the place. But, you know, our levels are based on yardage, but also uh, technique. Did you perform these techniques and that we're looking for? If you did, and I'm happy to sign off and say you are a level two because you're worthy of it. And then you learn how to play from there. You learn how to not, it's not just about hitting the golf ball good, right? It's about actually putting it in a good spot, right? Learning that putting is probably the most important part of this game, right? Not just swinging a driver. I can't tell you, I don't want to call anybody out, but I'm going to say this and I'm going to let you guys talk. <laughs> but my son just played a tournament on, um, on Saturday and the kid he played with outdrove him by at the minimum 30 to 40 yards every time. And Daniel, who struggled in himself, my son Daniel, he struggled with his scores. He started to understand and learn what I've been teaching him. And he actually beat the kid who's out driving him by a ton. He beat him by 14 shots at least, right? So think about that. And that's what I try to encourage to all of my, my students. You know, Bobby, what, what impresses me a lot about Vince, and, and Vince and I have known each other for, God, three years, four years now. No, I met you before um, I started oh, the that's academy. Right. That's right. Yeah, we met at yep. a PGA meeting. Yep. He, so I, what, what impresses me about Vince isn't how well-structured everything is that he does. It's, you know, a lot of times you would think an instructor or a program that's very, very structured may lack in some other areas that are very important components, like the fun factor. But Vince and I do a lot of stuff together. PGA Junior League teams play against each other. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, but we just partnered up to do a junior tur tournament series. What you see with Ice Golf Academy is, is a family atmosphere. And I know that's very important to you, Vince, but you don't, you don't necessarily see that with a lot of junior academies. And that's what impresses me most, that you're able to balance – the incredible structure that you have with the emotional side of it for the kids and for the families. Well, that is the start, right? Yep. Um, it was community first. Uh, make sure, um, I think Bob, you said uh, something to the effect of doing things right or something like that. And, and truthfully, um, that's what I stand by. Number one is, Let's make sure that whatever we do is the right thing, right? And take money out of it, right? What's the right thing for the student? And then let the money flow. Now, with that being said, obviously, as a business person, we have to make sure, you know, everything's in line. But the start of everything, what I learned in PGA, right? Your, your mission statement, everything has to go back to that, right? It is, that is it. We have to do it what's beneficial and best for the student. So with that being said, what I know is what's best for the student and why golf is so extremely difficult to penetrate in terms of a broad audience is you're by yourself, right? You are by yourself. So only a certain people can do that. And why do we struggle getting kids in? It's because kids are seeing all these other sports. They're on these bus rides with their teammates, right? They're having fun doing all these extra things and we don't have that in golf, right? So my idea is we do this together talking about what is our mission that's it everything we do we do together and, be, and if you think about it like i'm gonna take the bring my family into it i've always told my kids that ex, like my eldest expect that your younger siblings are going to be better than you just expect it <laughs> right and so if you expect that then you understand why they're going to be better it's not because anything's wrong with you it's because what you've done has helped them Right? So if we are making sure that we're, we're doing everything, our, my best players are doing everything to push forward and pull up, right? And pull those behind them up, then everyone's going to succeed. So I had a, um, a lesson earlier today with a, a good, uh, good, one of my very good students, Ava, and she, um, we were talking about the same thing. And I said, Ava, said, listen, I said, the point of all of this is that you're almost like a sparring partner for your, for your other friends in the academy. It's okay if they beat you, 
that's a good thing. So now hopefully you'll work harder and go beat them. And then you just keep that thing going. And all of a sudden you're better, right? Everyone's better. And, and all the while you're doing this together as a family. If you take sparring partners in boxing, they're a team, right? They belong together and they understand that. So that's what we're looking for within our community is to make sure that everyone, no one is alone. Everyone is together. You know, I think what's so beautiful about that is they're going to, kids are going to feel safe and they can thrive and they just feel like you care. I mean, they, again, they can tell when, when they think they're getting babysit <laughs> and I see that too much, too many times in my travels, but when it's authentic, like you do it in, in the community, that's, that's what makes a difference to the kids. I mean, it's a, it really makes a difference. So, you know, I applaud you for that. Uh, you know, I had just different questions, but um, who, who would be in your, uh, your, you know, once in a lifetime foursome to play golf with? <laughs> Gosh, if you asked me that 20 years ago, I might say something different. I, I think this is the uh, cliche answer, but I have to give it. My dad, my dad, he wasn't a, he wasn't an avid golfer at all. But just because he's not here with me anymore, you know what I mean? Just have that uh, ability to, to do something with him. Um, not to knock anything else. Again, it's just simply because he's not there. Um, I'd have got to say Tiger. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think, oh, yeah. you're, I think you're crazy if you don't say that. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's got to be somebody funny. Uh, I think most Anthony. People, most people pick Brendan. Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> No, Vince has played with me. That's right, right. Funny. That's old hat. That's old hat. <laughs> I always play with Brandon. That's no fun. <laughs> Who else were you going to say? Oh, I think Anthony Anderson. I think he would be funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah he would yeah. be extremely hilarious to play with. You've got to say Barack Obama. Nice. So you're playing in a fivesome. Why is that? Yeah, but I no, they playing. play fast. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep up with the group ahead of you. I've never I'm had a problem playing. with the fussing. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding the drinks for them. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. You know, Bob, Vince is uh, our North Florida PGA section uh, PGA youth uh, leader this year. Um, Congratulations. That, that's a big deal. And, and yeah. I, can, I can say I, re I remember the first time I got that, and it kind of really spearheaded – everything the feelings I had that are very very similar to the feelings you had um and I've talked to you about this you, you need to that's not why we do things but you need to embrace that and you need to run with it so you can do even more good things so uh so kudos to you man on that award thank you you, you had mentioned slow play somebody said slow play and I tell you that was a long conversation that Vince and I had yesterday so so I wanted to transition into uh, what you and I are, are doing together with our with our junior tour. But I'll let you take the lead on this. <laughs> the mission of what we're trying to do. And then, you know, obviously we came out of the gate strong in February with our with the with one of our family series events. It's an adult child, uh, two-person scramble, stable, modified stableford. Then we have our tradition series and our prep series. Um, and well, I'll just let you roll with that. So kind of talk about the mission of what we're doing with our tournament series. I think the easiest way to sum it up is to say, making it accessible, right? Making golf and tournament golf accessible. Is, I think the easiest way to say it, um, again, to, to provide a little bit more detail. Um, I think we've seen that, you know, a lot of people can do things well. Uh, a lot of organizations can do things well in the tournament series. Um, you find a lot of tournament series where there's advanced players, but I think uh, to, and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, <laughs> but uh, I doubt I will, but um, uh, one of the people working for our section talked about how it was just reshuffling the same good players all the time, and that's why the tournament series kind of flounder within the section, and, and I agree with that. You tend to get the same players all the time playing, and so how do we grow tournaments? And unfortunately, golf has always been this, and I say this in a certain way, exclusive sport, but it's almost like even us as professionals, we are scared when there's competition nearby. And anybody says there's this tournament series, oh, you're trying to take stuff from us. Actually, no, we're trying to build, right? We're trying to build golf 
and how we do that is also through the tournament golf so that more people think they can play tournament golf, right? So here's where the problem lies in current state of tournament golf. If I just started a year or two ago and I go into a tournament and there's somebody there who's been playing since they're five years old and I'm 14, right? Well, they're going to kick my tail in. And while you could easily say, well, you just got to practice harder, that's true, but there is a mental component to it, a psychological component. And that is you need to feel like there are objectives that you can reach that are within your reach for you to extend to. If I, if I have a ceiling that's 20 feet high and I say, I want to touch that ceiling, the first week that I try to jump and touch it, I'm not even going to be anywhere close. I'm going to give up. But what if that ceiling is 11 feet and I can jump 10 feet? I'm going to work harder. I'm going to jump to 11 feet and then I can raise that ceiling every so often. So what are we doing with the junior tour? It's trying to give that, that, that component that allows people to come in and have, we have veterans and rookie series. And now you can come in and test yourself against people who have the same skill level or, and or same experience as you. And so they can have an easier time. And then once they grow, then they can move to the next series. And then once they, uh, the next part of that series, even if you will, right? into the veteran component of the tradition series. And then after the tradition series, you know what? I'm doing pretty well. I'm in the veteran uh, side of this. I'm actually doing well. I've had pretty good rounds. Maybe I'll try my prep series. And that's a two-day event, 18 holes, right? So I've just obviously touched on a small piece. But if you look at it as a whole of everything we do, it's taking them from the entertainment side of a family sport with the family series, parent, child, uncle, child, whatever it is, they get to play, have fun. Then they move into the smaller traditional component or traditional tournament, nine holes, really relaxed, 18 holes, really relaxed, and then competitive, then move into the 36 holes competitive, right? You understand now it's stages of growth through in the tournament series. And now they can branch out and play all those other competitive tours out there if they choose. All the while, they can get everything that they need from us in the, mean, uh, in, in the interim. Yeah, I think it, it's so good that you you have kids on the course. To me, everybody talks about, well, look at all these clinics and things we do. And believe me, I am extremely uh, pointed in this, this regard. There's, I think the golf industry spends exorbitant amount of wasted time, effort, resources on the front end of golf exposure. There's hardly any on the retention. It's right. always on the front end. And I've been part of it, you know, in the beginning, you know, oh, you did a few clinics and then any follow-up with the kids or really the magic is on the golf course, beginners, adults, no matter what. So to me, the accessibility is really the key. You have the smartest PGA pro or LPGA instructor, nicest driving range. Everybody thinks that's where you're really going to grow the game. It's going to be on the golf course. Right. And so it's, you know, what you and Brendan do to get the kids on the golf course you said it earlier, you and I both grew up playing golf. I'm sorry, <laughs> playing hockey. So it'd be like you know, I shooting pucks. Yeah, shooting pucks at the net. And you're like, yeah, it'd be like hitting tennis ball against a building or just shooting free throws. Like, well, there's not much fun in that. So right. you hooked on the magic of the game by getting out on the golf course. And that's where you can help with the retention. So you're kudos to you for doing that. That's right. Yeah, I agree. I would, I would have to um, – if I, I'd, I wouldn't be prudent if I didn't extend a little bit of that kudos to the facility where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, or County National, if I didn't have the two sports to take my students, what would I do, right? Um, so it is a little bit of that, right? I would love to have the ability to do this everywhere. Unfortunately, again, it, kind of as you stated, it's an issue within the industry itself that it's almost like kids are taboo from the course. Get them away from the golf course, right? And so the, the beauty of having the tooth course here is OCN allows me uh, to use my time here and I can take them on the golf course and I can run my programs with that as a component. So again, I, w- I would be remiss if I didn't mention them in this as well. Great point. Yeah, in, in, you are in the perfect situation as far as facilities, what you have there. Um, I, I wanted to go back to the tour for a second because like I said before, we've had long discussions on on the right way to go about this. And it, it is, it, it's difficult because when, in fact, yesterday or uh, Sunday we chatted 
you want to make sure when you're doing something the way that we're looking to do it, that you don't have anybody to feel left out and you're making sure that everybody's needs at whatever stage that they are within the game are being met. But that's a difficult task. And we, Bobby, we have hashed this over so many times and what is the right way. Uh, we're lucky in a lot of regards. Uh, originally in, in, in some of this spun off from the tournament series we used to do with little linksters. And I had the opinion that we want to give them great experiences and Vince is right on the money with that too. But we got some really killer golf courses that these, these kids play like Lake Nona and TPC Sawgrass stream song. And Vince has opened my eyes to the idea of, cause my kids don't play. Um, and I'm cool with that, but Vince's kids all play. And that's the key word is they play. That's all the kids want to do is they play. So if it's at Lake Nona or Podunk par three in the middle of nowhere, I don't really think that it matters to kids. And Vince, thank you for having, having my eyes open to that uh, in our last few conversations. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, just so so we button that up um i think it's extremely important that they have that accessibility right i would I, growing up myself playing i didn't have that opportunity to play a lot of those golf courses until um i would say i created some of the opportunities for myself but also i had some help along the way i worked at oakland hills um in 1998 to about 2004 and that was a I can't, I mean, to use the Disney word as a magical experience. I couldn't have had a better time at a country club. And um, so, but before that, did I have that opportunity? No. So if we can extend some of those availabilities to kids, that's great. But I think part of what we talked about that day is that we don't have to always do it. Yes. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> yep. What we need to also understand is part of that accessibility and availability is, that they have the frequency as well, right? So if every event maybe is, I'm just gonna use a number $250, well, then they still don't have the accessibility even though it's there for them. The availability is there, but the accessibility is not, right? So that's the problem. So we gotta be careful all the time that we do the right thing and give them everything the best we can, right? It's a tough task, but you know, if we attack it every day, you know, we're gonna make a dent. Yep. Yeah, that I think what you're doing and how you and Brennan build your programs, it's, it's really thoughtful and it's not from the hip and the better you do the foundation, then you have that sustainability with the youth program. And then that reaches the parents and then that grows that whole business at the facility. And I do get upset when I hear people say, it's course owners, whoever, and um, uh, you know, I'm going to do a couple of kids clinics and I'm growing the game for 20 years down the road. And I go, well, then you're missing the boat completely. You should be growing it right now, tomorrow morning. Whatever you're doing now for kids should be good for the business of the facility. And it shouldn't be, it didn't have to be 20 years down the road. And the kids yeah. are at the club, so the parents are at the club. And, you know, the work we do with the camps and junior league, I mean, junior league is a great example. And the more the kids are at the club, they're thriving. The parents are happy. And it just, it's a ball of wax. It shouldn't just be this babysitting thing. Right. Well, if I can, uh, you know, refine that even a little bit, um, and, and it's to your point, what you're, what, the point that you're making, a lot of times going back to the diversity and inclusion aspect of all of the conversation that we're having, um, a lot of the programs are for, that, that are talking about exposure for the kids. Okay, it's these clinics that really don't give a lot, and it just puts it in front of them, right? It just says, here, here's golf, and you've been able to hit a golf ball. Is that really exposure, if you think about it, right? Is that really growing the game for them? Because now they don't have opportunities to play. They don't have anywhere to go. They don't have golf clubs. There's a lot of things that, that, that there are, whole, are holes in specifically with that, right? So similar to what you're saying, um, just holding a couple clinics, that doesn't do anything for the game. That's not growing the game for 28 years because you haven't done anything to keep them wanting to play and understanding why this is a great game, right? how we can use it for the rest of our lives, whether or not you play in college or professionally, you're going to use this game forever, longer than you're playing soccer, baseball, football, and all of that, right? Yep. 
So I think, you know, that that's what we have to make sure as professionals that we're always focused on is it's not just exposure. Exposure is one thing, and but you have to maintain that exposure and get people continuously doing it and finding a way to make it available. So I said to somebody recently that um, we're always talking about inclusion, but but when we talk about that, we make this program and it's only for this group that's trying to be included. Does that make sense? So I can think back to that, like that sounds like project housing, right? Well, how does that help, <laughs> right? You're just taking these group of people and putting them together. That's not inclusion. They're not included with anyone, right? That's just telling them that you can come play the sport, but you, aren't, you can't be around everybody else. And so what I look for is I want you to be around everybody else. I want you to see what this sport really is. Tournament, playing for fun, playing with your, your family, everything about it and why I love it so much. Yeah, and the big, the, to me, the biggest measuring stick for making sure your sport or your activity or whatever it is you provide for, for the community at large is does it look like the community at large? And right. it's... It's crazy with all the inroads we've we've been making, you can't still say that about golf. And I and a lot of that starts with having professionals like you that look like the underserved kids. I mean, that to me is probably one of the more important things. And I I don't want to keep beating this topic. I love talking about this topic. It's extremely important. Um and we have made some inroads. There's mm -hmm. definitely been some, some good things, um, but there's still a lot of work to do. Well, Brendan, understand what, and I, I want to be clear, when I'm talking about inclusiveness, it's not just minorities. Oh, I know. I, yeah. Everybody, like I, it burns me, I can't tell you, when I'm on the golf course and I see adults almost borderline harassing the kids because they're playing. And again, that's an inclusive problem, right? You're, you don't think they belong out there because you can hit the ball twice their distance so you can play this course faster. That's not fair, right? They're playing under two hours for their distance. I think they're doing pretty good, right? <laughs> yep. This little seven-year-old motoring around the golf course, they're doing what they're supposed to do for, for the game of golf, <laughs> right? So anyway, you know, I, a lot of times people get tied up, I think, in the minority aspect of diversity and inclusion, but I really – I really take a, a wholehearted and, and broad approach with that, with women, with youth, with elderly. I mean, you name it, I don't care. I, I think everybody deserves to be a part of this, right? Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, call me liberal, I don't really mind. It's just the, the right thing because somebody, somebody who's young, old, different races, different religions, they're not doing anything to hurt me, I'm good with them. You know, Vince, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting on the business side, um, maybe it's inherent with the, some of the etiquettes or the history, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged white guy, second generation PGA pro. I didn't know. I'm, unco I'm uncomfortable going to golf courses. I feel I I've had some of the worst experiences in my life at a couple of courses that aren't too far from my house. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty sobering. I'm not of color. I'm not a female. I'm not a kid, but, if anybody should be comfortable at a golf course, probably me, yet there's many times I feel uncomfortable. And I'm very, again, critical of the golf industry about all this yakety yak mouthy stuff, warm and welcoming embracing. And like Brennan said, we got a ways to go. It's uh, yeah. the next generations, I think, are finally getting it. Some of the yeah. PGA and LPGA leaders, I, I look up to them. I really do. Their voice needs to be heard um, right. because it's – yeah, it is. It is a shame. Uh, I won't get on my soapbox here, but I could get on there and stay for a while. <laughs> you see, I don't mind talking about it, but I agree with you. I, I you know, and we like to paint it as one issue. You know what I mean? Singular in it, in its focus, but or in its scope. But truthfully, it is a larger problem than that, right? It's it's a common decency. I think that that's an issue at times, and it tends to root itself in certain uh, demographics. But the truth is, it's still there, and it, it will extend everywhere. So if you talk, and again, I'm trying really not to go here, but it's part of the conversation I think is important. When we're talking about 
um, if somebody is being wronged, a certain demographic is being wronged, you have to understand that you, while you might belong, you might not belong to that demographic. It's going to affect you some way or form, or some shape or form, right? Um, that you got to believe it's going to come to you. So the same way, if someone is degrading uh, a minority or or um, a female, that's going to come to Bob Baldessari for something that he does, right? You're just opening the door because you like to wear a horizontal striped shirt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, you got to talk about it. You got to get, it's like, you can't, it's probably weak analogy, but if you're shanking the ball and you just say, I don't want to talk about my shank, like you got to talk about it and fix it. So absolutely. You got to identify the problem in order to fix it. That sounds like uh, AA and NA, right? (laughs) First thing you got to do is admit there's a problem. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to pivot and this will be okay. my last question and then Bobby can, can throw one more at you. So obviously we are in unprecedented times right now. Um, I, I know you've been continuing to work on a limited basis and, and Florida's starting to relax a little bit. Um, and you can go whichever way you want on how, how you, I'll you say guide digest your news uh, and where you get your information from. But the reality is things are going to be different from this point forward. So one thing that I've been working a lot on is trying to integrate different and new ways of doing things when it comes to teaching and exposing kids to golf. Technology is a big part of that. I just spent all day with uh, the folks at Iconic Golf, and I am so excited about this app that they have coming out. It really takes all the good stuff of all the other things that are out there. Uh, and there are tons of good things out there. And I know you like technology too, Vince. Um, so what do we need to do as instructors, as operators, as people that are trying to take care of this game? Because we're going to have a struggle going forward. There's no question about it based on everything that's going on. What in your mind are maybe your top three things that we need to do to to go with the change that, that we're in and that's going to be with us for a while? Well, I think my first answer is quite broad, so you might not like it. But um, one of the things that I think the golf industry has needed to do um, and a lot of the uh, – what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, – the, the, you know what I'm looking for, the people who are always there that have always been there, right? Uh, there's a word. But anyway, um, I think what, what they need to do, the, the guard, right? Yeah. Um, they need to uh, loosen up and uh, accept change, right? Change is actually good. And not change for the sake of change, but change to be better. Um, accept it and understand that it's coming. And whether or not you like it, it's going to still come, right? So I think the best we can do as golf professionals is accept that and pivot with it, right? Um, in terms of COVID and uh, whatever else might come down the line, um, obviously there's a lot less uh, grouping, you know, if you will, these large groups, these big time clinics and things like that. Um, I think you're going to see that diminish, but we don't do quite of that, you know, quite a bit of that as it is. Um, the biggest group we get is 16 and um, at a time. And it's normally a two and a half hour class. And now what we've changed is, okay, we've broken them up eight by eight, two coaches. And then we've broken them up in subgroups four by four, right? So, and they're all doing something different kind of away from one another. Um, so, so that's part, part of the change we've made. I think people need to get used to, I think the second thing people need to get used to um, dealing with technology right? And understanding that the way they've learned, and this kind of points back to the first thing, but the way they've learned this whole time is not necessarily the right way. It's just the way that's been done, all right? So the new technology with Zoom and Microsoft Teams and WebEx, Cisco WebEx, and whatever other system you might use, all these things allow us to communicate with others in ways that maybe we couldn't before. Um, one of the big uh, software components I use is V1, right? There, I have a V1 uh, branded academy and the studio system here. Um, and I can do a review of a golf swing 
and hold a Zoom lesson or, a, or, or let's just say a remote lesson virtually in the time that normally it would take probably to do an hour and they got to come to the course and do all these different things and buy all these range balls. I think we need to make golf efficient, right? Learning efficient. And would, that necessarily isn't doing it the way it's always been done. Uh, going, dropping a large basket of balls and just hitting away, right? Um, so implementing uh, a lot of this technology is going to be key. I think you use blast motion, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, being able to teach them how to use that, and then they can take it and do the practice drills on their own, right? I mean, that's key. You tell them, hey, look, uh, by this blast motion, this is how you're going to do it, blah, 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 and then they go practice for a week, come back, tell me what, what you think. Now you can do a remote lesson, do a quick V1 uh, review of their swing, analysis of their swing, and then they go back and do it some more, right? I mean, I think, you know, if the, the right people take this on, the, the golf population should start to do better. But the problem is we've done it a, a certain way for so long, it's just stuck in that rut. Yep. And this is what everybody expects, the individual lesson. I need an individual lesson. Do you really? I'm wasting my time here for an hour staring at you and you can't even move from your right side to your left side. <laughs> I don't think you need an individual lesson. You would be better served in a class and we're instructing people how to do this motion, right? And it's going to cost you far less money to do this. And it's going to make a huge difference in your game when you can start getting over to your lead side, <laughs> right? Because when you stay back on your right side, you're hitting the ground and doing all types of other things. Yep. So... Again, getting people away from that idea. And, and, and if you notice, I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I've had to have this conversation recently with quite a few parents. And I think everyone feels like the individual lesson is the key. Uh, if you look at school, do we have individual students? You know what I mean? With teachers? No, it's not necessary. Until it becomes a problem, that's when you need the individual lesson. Yep. Right? You need that tutoring session to kind of bring them up with everybody else. So... Um, those two are the top of my head. Um, we got to have, stop having course closures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, the availability of golf again and trying to make it more accessible and affordable for people, I think is key. Um, I don't know how this is going to do that. I think maybe, and I don't know, maybe, you know, with golf courses not getting the revenue, they're happy to get people back in, right. And not worry about getting that top dollar. Um, but you know, that's a whole, that's a whole capitalistic <laughs> monetary thing. We got to talk about supply and demand there. <laughs> so. You know, uh, Vince, I want to finish with, uh, a few minutes ago, you were, the comments you were making, I, I use the word evolve evolution, um, a lot in my teaching or just thought process. So we need your mindset, your voice seriously in the PGA and in golf to help evolve, to help get this evolution of forward thinkers in golf. We really do. So and I can't thank you enough about that. And I'm just curious, uh, the, all the kids, all the youth golfers that came in to see you this year, that look, that look of the kids, the blend, uh, what do you think that look is going to be in five or 10 years? Do you think it'll be more multicolored? Do you think there'll be a change? Uh, how do you see the kids coming in here to, to sign up to uh, be with Coach Vince in five, 10 years? Yeah. Uh, let me ask a quick question to Brendan. Brendan, have you seen my student list page? Yep. Uh, and it's it Vince's student. Well, it's actually on his website. He he, yeah. he does that. I think you do that on purpose to <laughs> to show that you are not somebody that talks a lot of talk, like Bobby was right. just saying. Right. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of diversity in my in my. Uh, my student list, if you will, um, in my, just in the, in the family itself, right? This is our family and, you know, look, we're multi-diverse, uh, I mean, multicultural, um, you know, and uh, it, we come from a diverse number of backgrounds. So I love my student base. I absolutely love it. And I, I can't tell you how I get a little emotional, stuff like this. So, um, when we get a new student in and um, they feel ingratiated to the family, like it's by far one of the best feelings. So, so can't answer anything. 
gotta let that go. I, I, <laughs> I was gonna say you can see, you can see right behind Vince um, on the wall back there. Those are each of the levels that um, that all of his students, when they achieve things, you make them feel special, and that's why it feels like a family. And there's and there's progression, and there's the examples that the kids ahead of the newbies get. So that's the way it should be done. So kudos to you, man. I don't know if you can see above the TV, like kind of like right around there, there's some little like frames, if you will. So I just recently implemented that. I used to have just like this little picture in this box with the kids that went to our, our elite status. And uh, there's four levels within that, but um, those little frames that I put up there, those aren't filled in yet. Um, those are our new, added so every time they pass into the elite we take their picture with the hat and shirt it's a black hat similar to this with the black shirt and they're they're going there and they'll be there forever as soon as they make it into that phase they will never leave ice golf academy as part of the family so uh, no matter if they move on or not so um that's kind of you know our deal is it, i wouldn't say it's hard to make it to that elite status we're not talking about somebody who's winning a whole bunch of tournaments, but you do have to act like you want to be here, right? And go through some of the things to get to that point. Um, and so you're a decent player by that point, but you've also invested the time. And so I think based on that, you, you said you wanted to be a part of this family and you'll never, you'll never be away from it after that. Well, we That's appreciate, awesome. we appreciate your time, man. And you and I will have lots of conversations going forward. I'm glad you got to meet Bobby because I knew the two of you would hit it off with the mindsets that you have, except for that jersey over his his shoulder there. <laughs> Not everybody's perfect, Brendan. I yeah, accept yeah. the ball. <laughs> we'll get you around. We'll, we'll get you to the good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I better come over there now. I don't know. <laughs> so that that's this episode of Love of the Links. We'd like to thank our guest, Vince. Uh, Burbank, and you can catch Love of the Links on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We'll have this episode up on all the places that you listen to your podcast uh, by tomorrow, and we'll have the video portion on YouTube. So have a great evening, gentlemen, and we'll definitely talk soon. All right. Thank you. See you later, Vince. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Love of the Links Golf Radio. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our website is littlelinksers.com backslash love. You can email us at loveofthelinks at gmail.com.